Hello, and welcome to the Podcast of Steel. Here, I share news, reviews, my adventures, interviews, and more. You can always expect some Superman content from this show, but I'm a lover of all things geeky, so you never know what you're going to get. Now, let's leap into action with a brand new episode of the Podcast of Steel. Hello again, Luke Bug, the Geek of Steel, and I am back with episode 17 of the Podcast of Steel. I've been away for a while, but I have returned for a brand new episode with a very special guest. Recently, I found out about a brand new book that will be released on the 7th of November, a visual encyclopedia. And as many of you know, I love big books and I cannot lie. And there is a new book coming out, Strange and Unsung All-Stars of the DC Multiverse. It is a book all about the most wonderful, weird, and eccentric characters that have featured in DC Comics over the years. There have been many. Now, I found out about this book recently when James Gunn shared it on his Twitter. Um, James Gunn has been sharing a lot of comics online over the last few months, and they have sold out very quickly. And when he made a comment about this book, when he shared it with the world, I was like, okay, let's go and uh, pre-order this book. And that's what I did straight away. And then I reached out to the author, the writer of this wonderful book, Stephanie Williams. And I was eager to hear from them, to talk about this book and ask them questions about this book. And Stephanie was kind enough to accept my invitation to be a very special guest on the podcast of Steel. And on this episode, we talk all about that book without spoilers, because there are some fantastic characters in this book. We also talked about Stephanie's origin story, her passion for comic writing and storytelling and research. Stephanie was a fantastic guest, and I can't wait to share this interview with you and I am so excited for you to read this book. I was fortunate enough to, to read an early copy, and I loved it, and I can't wait for this to be on my shelves of steel. And I love it so much, and I'm so grateful for Stephanie being a guest on this episode that I will be hosting a giveaway for this very book, a worldwide giveaway for this fantastic encyclopedia. So stick around and check out my socials for that. Just search for The Geek of Steel and you will find me. Now, let's jump into that interview with the fantastic Stephanie Williams to find out more about them and also their fantastic book, Strange and Unsung All-Stars of the DC Multiverse, that comes out on November the 7th. Well, here I am. Back again with another episode of the podcast of Steel, joined with a special guest, and I'm very excited to to get lost in this interview. Stephanie Williams, thank you so much for finding time to speak with me today about about you in general. Of course, I appreciate the invite. Um, I wasn't sure when they would start uh, regarding what we're going to talk about today, but I'm so happy that you reached out. Just know you beat a lot of folks out. So kudos to you for like, you know, <laughs> jumping on it right away. So I'm very appreciative of you just sharing your space with me. And I'm happy to be here. 
and you're dressed wonderfully as well. You are, you are perfectly, yeah. you know, yes. going to represent. It's fantastic. So yes, we're going to talk about a lot of things on on this podcast today. We're going to talk about strange and unsung heroes, which will be coming out on the seventh of November. Which you've kindly uh, sent me a, a copy over the internet to read, and I, I've. I'm so excited for the world to get lost in this book. I'm surrounded by, as I can try and lift them all up without making an absolute mess. I love ugh, big encyclopedias when it comes to DC oh. Comics. And I cannot wait for this physical copy to be on my shelves of steel. Oh, oh, okay. Now you've lost me. Yes. <laughs> it's there. It's physically yeah. there. And it's it's going to be a fantastic book. But we will talk about that soon. What I would love to know first of all, is, is your origin story, as it were. Where, 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 where did everything start for you, Stephanie? Okay, so where do we begin? Um, so we go all the way back to yesteryear, or the 1900s, as my son likes to call it. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, right? That, that hurts. <laughs> Deeply. Um, as far as like uh, my relationship to comics, it came through playing Marvel versus Capcom at the laundromat. Uh, it was either that or playing Ninja Turtles in time. And I was actually quite sick of dying in that underwater <laughs> situation. So um, I would play that and it was just storm, typhoon, typhoon, typhoon. I didn't actually read a comic until I uh, went to here in America. They have like thrift stores. I'm pretty sure they're there in the UK as well. We so like secondhand, yep, secondhand stores. And I was there with my grandmother and I found a... I think it was an Avengers 361 or 371. I bring that up because that was the moment that I realized that comics are kind of like, or cave comics more so, are like soap operas that my grandmother loves. So, uh, you know, it's these daily uh, shows that come on and we, we're following these stories and they're very dramatic. Um, there are just things that are going on that are quite unbelievable just like people running around in caves and I just fell in love with this issue because it started with a threesome well not like a, a real threesome but yes. there was a little situation a little messy situation going on between Crystal uh the Black Knight and Cersei and I was like oh, oh my god and then Archie came and then you know, Stephanie was reading comics along with all of uh, romance comics and whatever YA I can get my hands on and then life happened and <laughs> went off to, to college and I always had a thing for creative writing, but I was told that, you know, you can't really make money being a creative write like that. So my parents said, and I was like, you know what? Sure. All right. Well, I do love science. So I'll focus on that. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, then I found out I love people, but not enough for their lives to be in my hands in that way. So, um, I fell in love with research and, um, everything from handling mice to snakes and everything else I, it was a it was quite of an experience and once I graduated um went right into the work field um worked as electron microscopist for seven years mm, kind of happy but not so much because I didn't necessarily feel fulfilled and also unfortunately my work situation wasn't the best um it was only myself and usually the manager who was running the lab uh, and then one other person, one other scientist there. Uh, we never had more than three folks. And oftentimes we only had two, myself and the lab manager. Uh, so I hardly ever had any time off. Um, so when I had my son, um, I was like, this can't be life. This, this <laughs> just, it just can't be this. Um, so 
Uh, after I had him, I was dealing with some postpartum depression and a nurse practitioner was like, well, you know, there aren't many things that we can tell you that will help other than, you know, medication, therapy, all these other things. But she's like, if I can make a suggestion to you in the interim, what are some things that you really enjoyed that centered you? Um, or uh, you were able to center yourself through it. And I was like, well, that was funny enough reading comics and like really getting into um, the sci-fi movies that I love, like Alien and so forth. So that led to me going on Twitter uh, because I heard that you could find community there. <laughs> um, and it's great. So, um, you know, I found other folks that were talking about comics. Um, I even started blogging and kind of relating my new parenthood, motherhood type of journey through uh, comics and, you know, things like Terminator and again, Alien, because all of these movies centered around women who had children, but um, it just wasn't the sum of them. Uh, so that grew. Uh, next thing I knew, I was doing a podcast called Missy Night's Uninformed Afro. So Missy Night, of course. I hate that this is so Marvel heavy. I promise I'm going to get to the DC stuff. So. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> yes. So, um, we focused on black superhero wins in comics uh, because we found that unless it was like a storm, maybe Catwoman, if you're thinking of Holly Berry, um, people really weren't all that versed when it came to black women characters in comics and just superhero wins in gen general at the time. It was just back in like 2016. So um, that's where the research came in. So I would read all this stuff. I would piece together kind of like these timelines and these stories to let people know like, hey, these women exist. Um, some of them have really impactful stories. You just got to hunt for them, but you don't have to anymore because I've done that for you. And myself and my podcast partner got invited to Washington, D.C. for the 2018 um, Art Summit. And I think that was the moment where it clicked and I was like, oh, wait, this isn't just for funsy. Like people actually take takes this seriously. Um, was inter by, interviewed by NPR. Uh, so that was another thing. Um, so that podcast dissolved. I had all this research and I ended up pitching it to a website, Sci-Fi Wire, um, Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls to be specific. And it was the history of the Dora Milaje from comics to movies because Black Panther had just came out that year. And that was my first pay written piece. The next thing I knew, uh, in between experiments at work, I was like working on articles and getting into my whole entertainment journalist bag. And what a journey. I don't even know sometimes how I would work a full nine to five, um, you know, had a, a toddler to deal with uh, raise um, and also writing. So it wasn't until I finally decided to leave that job. Um, my husband was like, hey, I fully support you. You've been doing, you know, the the extra full-time job on the side long enough and you're extremely talented. So let's see what happens if you're able to give 110%. So um, I was like, okay, great. Cause I also want to make comics now. So <laughs> let's I just started throw, doing- Let's just throw even more onto the plate. It's fine. Let's just, yes. And I know I'm kind of skipping around here, but um I started doing that and I drove Lyft for, um, I don't know, like six months until the pandemic happened. But the reason why I drove Lyft was to have extra money so I can pay for, pay artists for like these one page comics. Um, they were just reminding me of Sunday funnies. Again, it was affordable things. So I would just tell these short stories um, because I 
completely forgot to tell you this. I guess my popularity on the internet was through memeing. So through memes, I would use, uh, tell stories using stills, uh, still shots from Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, uh, <laughs> X-Men, the animated series, Spider-Man, all of these. And I don't know, I think I kind of, I think I kind of self-taught myself how to write comics in a way where um, instead of coming up with a panel, I was using what was already given to me to tell a fashion story around. So it was nice to finally be able to write out panels and say, hey, I like this thing to happen. Um, this is the story I want to tell. So it was like a a backwards way of doing things, but it still honed that skill altogether. Um, so anyway, back to the lifting. I was doing that to pay for comics. I had a Kickstarter that I did with um, artist Erin O'Neill Jones, Living Heroes. If you all are familiar, it is a mashup of the sitcom Living Single meets Marvel. Um, and that did exceptionally well, surprisingly. Uh, and then the next thing I knew, instead of uh, what I feared would happen was Marvel saying, hey, you shouldn't <laughs> be doing that. Um, an editor reached out to me uh, to do Marvel Voices Legacy. And then the week that came out in 2021 is uh, when Nubia happened. And uh, and here we are. And that yes. is like, <laughs> that is like skipping so much, but um, here we are. So it has been a journey. It's one that is still going. Um, you know, when I got the opportunity for a strange and unsung heroes or all-stars, um, that also came out of the blue as well. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, had been offered the project, but he felt that I would be a better fit because he remember all of the character pieces that I would do. Um, and I was like, you know what? Yes. And it just so happened that the editor, uh, Randall was, a huge fan of my work on Nubia and also enjoyed my writing from, uh, you know, previous stuff. So it was just a match made in heaven. Now, where things got tricky <laughs> was the timeline to get all this done. And also, how do you discern who's strange and mm. who's unsung? <laughs> uh, and as you probably know, there are a lot of characters for DC Comics. There are so, I mean, I felt like I was going... I was like dreaming DC characters at one point <laughs> during the summer for a month straight, straight because I was also working on Nubia, uh, the second series at the same time. So I thought I was going to have to put on a tenfold hat. <laughs> it I mean, got yeah, really intense. <laughs> there, I mean, without spoiling too much, we will go into some of the characters that you do feature in this book. But yes, there are some there that are just complete fever dreams that once you start diving into that world more and thinking about them non-stop because as you know you you love your research all this information is in your head you're you're, you're bringing that with you wherever you go so well yeah. done for getting this book out and coming out the other end because these yeah. characters are just it's sensational thank you now did i come out unscathed time will tell probably not <laughs> well, um... we'll come back in a year's time we'll see we'll see what happens <laughs> yes but um, if anything, um, I just had a greater appreciation for uh, just comics in general, but also DC comics because of just, especially the cosmic side, how vast but detailed everything is. The fact that so much work went into creating these entire planets and giving them uh, an, a whole way of life so that these characters that come from these planets, when they 
you know, go off to try to join the Le- Legion of Superheroes or whatever, um, they bring something. And that is just something that I have just been so enamored with because I, I don't know, just the thought of it all. Even, um, you know, I covered some of Jack Kirby's characters, which is like, of course you would, but also yeah. why would you? Because Jack Jack Kirby had such big brain ideas. Um, I think at one point, uh, because Black Racer Black Black Racer is on the cover, I almost broke my brain trying to write that. Because how do you? Because that was the trouble. Like, how do I explain this character in a way that fully uh, is a full realization of what Jack Kirby did with him? And yeah, that that took a, about a week. Um, just to figure that out just for him. So um, yeah, uh, I my appreciation for Jack Kirby also just went through the roof um, just covering some of his characters because I mean, wow, mm. what what a mind. And it is that, I mean, but by, as you said, by having this greater respect for all all these characters that have been there for, for decades, not mm-hmm. just overnight strange heroes, you've managed to to create this fun read that is also so informative but not just look at this weird character he's weird for these reasons it's like let's get into this character let's peel back those layers let's find out why these wonderful wonderful creations mean so much to the world of comics both past present and future when it comes to comics these days so i i'm looking forward to when this finally does get released in a few weeks time and the world gets lost in it and people remember these characters that they maybe have forgot about, maybe wanted to forget about in some cases, but <laughs> yeah. also just remember how far comics have come and such how it can be such a, an exciting medium for me. So how did it though be- begin for you? Where did you sort of research this? This is what I want to know. And how did you deep dive into these characters' backstories? Oh, um, so first we had to just come up with a list. Um, so there were about 20 or so characters I knew off the top of my head. I was like, okay, well, I don't know too many people know about them, but I'm like, let me include them on this list. Um, my editor Randall had some picks himself. Um, and then also, um, a friend of mine had like a little list themselves. I was like, you know what? Yeah. Like, let me use my resources. What are some strange folks? Who do you think? would possibly be best for this. So combining all of that, and then of course, um, DC themselves had characters that they either wanted included or they didn't. So once we had this list comprised, I think it was like 120 or more or something, something crazy like that. Um, Randall sent me like this hard drive that had all of DC comics up until 2012 on there. Yeah, I still wow. have that. I don't know if I was supposed to return it, but <laughs> we'll forget about that. I'll cut that part yes. out. <laughs> but um, and he sent that, and then of course, um, I had the DC uh, Universe Infinite app at my disposal, and then also some stuff that I had before from other research, other ways to get get some comics or whatever. So once I had all of that, um, it was just like, okay, so then where do we begin with these characters? Um, so like the research net that I am, I would look for other articles and stuff that might've been written about these characters or at least reading lists so I can know where to begin um, for some of them that I just knew nothing about. Uh, Cause 
you know, where do you pop up? For a lot of them, they don't have their own series. They just kind of randomly pop up in someone else's series. And very similar to the work that I did with Misty Nice Afro, it was just like, okay, well, how do you piece together someone's story, someone's history where you have bite-sized bits of them spanning, you know, decades of books? So I got to reading and reading and reading, <laughs> reading and reading and reading. Um, because here's the thing, um, you know, different websites that do summarizations of characters are nice, right? They'll give you an idea of where to start, but you miss out on key nuggets that you just can't get without reading. Yeah. Um, little throwaway lines or something that someone might've missed. Like you, you have to do the work, you have to read. Um, and as daunting as that was, I'm so happy that I did because for some of the characters that I thought I knew a lot of, a lot about, I was like, actually, no, I, yeah. I missed a whole thing about them. Like, wow. Um, uh, I don't know if I want to name it like Rexstar for, or Dexstar for instance. Right. I thought I knew everything about this cat. And, um, when the, when I got the proof for the cover, I was like, wait, did I write about him? is he even in this book and then I thought I was like oh wait you did you spent a whole three days steeped in all of this um so yeah that's how much I was in the trenches for this book that I think some stuff I just just blocked out and I was like I don't remember but yeah you did write about him but there were things about his character that I found and I was like oh wait I completely get why people really love this character and me too because of these little moments um same thing with Peacemaker um just his journey to even get to dc comics and um all the infinite crises oh my god so many of them but the very big one um that happened and how smart that was how intricate it was to kind of bring these characters that that dc had acquired from other comic book publishers and to birth them into the dc universe i was absolutely fascinated with and Peacemaker didn't didn't really lose too much of what he was prior to DC acquiring him from another company, which I also thought was pretty fascinating too, because, you know, sometimes that happens and then a character gets a whole new revamp. And in the case of him, that wasn't the case. King Shark is another one where <laughs> doing the research on him was a little eye-opening too, because I was like, man, he ate his mom's arm. What is this? all things I kind of forgot about but it was just really cool my uncle um just the legion of substitutes <laughs> is was, was really cool um some characters that I'm randomly remember from episodes of Batman the animated series so um the whole helix group and yeah baby boom and um you know all these characters and when I would research I'm like you know again just a wealth of just I don't like how can you not find a character that you can't just vibe with is what I'm getting at um there is someone for everyone and I can see now your, your love for research has made this book happen so so yeah. well done for being a, a research nerd as you said because it's paid off thank you um and i will thank the the bachelor's degree that is like sitting in my closet still in the UPS. <laughs> get that in a frame yeah 
I, I will frame it one day. Yes. Um, but it's just really funny to me how, because people often ask me like, what, what do you see in the connection from your previous career to your new one? And you know, a lot of stuff that I did in science, I am able to apply to what I do now. And it goes beyond the research aspect of it. Um, even down to writing this book or just writing a comic, um, though to me i'm very methodical when it comes to that uh so i have like a set structure the same way that i would have with an experiment and then sometimes i find when i'm fine-tuning things because it didn't quite work out the way that i wanted to or wasn't as efficient as it could be then i'm kind of fine-tuning my whole creative process but then um you know through science i learned that just because an experiment doesn't turn out the way that you thought that it would that's okay because now you have an answer or you have more questions, right? For something else. Um, and it's the same thing when I am writing or even working on a book like this. Um, I'm either, I'm always asking, okay, well, what would happen if X did this? Or um, how would that look? And then going forth and experimenting through writing to figure out what that looks like and not really knowing what the outcome will be sometimes, but sometimes knowing what the outcome will be and like, how do we, how do we get to this point? So um, it's been very fascinating just to me personally, just kind of see those connection on two things where they don't really seem to be connected because one is more analytical than the other, but no, I've been able to find common ground between the two. So I will not say that, uh, you know, <laughs> all the time I spent in college or just in school in general was a waste because I definitely am still using it. And it's working well because I say I can't stop smiling when I'm thinking <laughs> about this book and the fact that you've got a copy there as well. That's, I would love to know how you felt when you had that in your hands for the first time? A sigh of relief because, um, so at the time uh, when we, uh, when I found out that Randall was going to try to get James Gunn for the Ford, I'm like, well, yes, absolutely. Cause it makes sense because the first name for this book was not this. It was like, heck yeah, peacemaker. And then like 10 other words afterwards. I don't remember, <laughs> but it was like really long. And I'm like, yeah, this makes sense because um, thanks to his work with Suicide Squad and also Peacemaker, people are more interested in these weird characters that they weren't before. Um, this was before he took over for um, that we knew that he was going to be doing anything with DC related on a higher scale. So when that happened, I was like, oh, oh, well, this is great. Um, so, um, so I was just nervous because sometimes with these books, like you'll do them and then they never see the light of day. I've had friends who have done these type of encyclopedia books and then I'll get a, you know, arc, you know, I'll get a reader copy and then we never see them. So that was my fear that that would happen. That didn't happen. So when I finally got it, it was a sigh of relief for that because so much work went into it. Um, and I just really wanted it to be out in the world because I put so much into this. Randall put so much into this and it was something that was done. It was a labor of love. It truly was. So to hold it in my hand was just like, ah, oh, finally, my, my, my DC um, fever dream now <laughs> exists and it is now in my hands. And this is just lovely. So like flipping through it. And of course you're always stressed because you're like, okay, well, did, did we miss anything? You know, are, are people going to be like, Hey, you didn't include so-and-so. And of course it's going to happen, but there's yeah. only so many characters that you can fit in one book. 
Um, and I re we really tried our damnedest to make sure that we pick characters with intention. Um, and I, I'm just happy that it's here. And talking back about James Gunn, things have changed o o over those months before this book was created. And then you had that moment which brought us together because I, I, I've found out about the book and got very excited. And then he shared it out. He tweeted out the book and your excitement then was probably going to be quite large. Yeah. Cause had no idea. Um, editor didn't even know until actually the, the tweet went up. So, um, I think, and it's funny cause I was actually doing another podcast. Um, and I just got out of it and I was like, looking at my notifications, I was like, I didn't post anything today yet. So like, what's going on here? So originally when I saw your comment with me attached to it, um, I didn't open it. I was just like, I thought you had possibly gotten like, I was like, oh, they've already sent out like, you know, advanced copies for folks to read. That's great. Um, you know, all of that. And then I went, so like my original reply was like, oh my God, I'm just so happy that somebody has it in their hands. Not knowing that that person was actually <laughs> James Gunn. So then I yeah. went back and I actually opened it. I was like, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. um, so then, yeah, my assignment did go through the roof. Because again, like I wasn't expecting that. And I already knew what had happened when he had done that before with talking about Wonder Woman Historia and uh, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And like how that just opened those books up to a whole sector of people that either didn't know that those books existed or just had not read them. So I was very excited, but then also like very quickly nervous because I was like, oh crap. It's real. This is happening. <laughs> it's real. It's real. It's happening. And I'm like, oh wait, this book isn't going to just fly under the radar anymore. Um, not that I thought it would, but I was like, it definitely isn't now. Um, so I was just that day, I think I might've had like maybe a deadline or two. Those definitely got missed. And I was, I was like, yeah, to my editor. And they, and they actually saw the, the, the news too. And they were like, yeah, we, we know we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. It's like, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I checked Amazon and all I saw was number one, number one, number one on like three different categories, which was really cool. So I'm just really extremely thankful again. Like this book was like my summer project. Um, it, it felt like a school type situation in a fun way. Um, so again, to just know that this is going to be out there to folks who maybe, maybe would have never even checked for it if he hadn't tweeted it out. Mm -hmm. Um, it just makes me really excited. It's, it's going to be a fun few weeks. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing you on more interviews and podcasts. I'm sure yeah. you've got a, a busy run of marketing, but hearing you talk about the love you have for these characters and this book it's it's going to make people want to read it more and i i love that passion for it and I, and there's there's a quote i've been i've been trying to do some as much research as i can on you which which is great because i love going through uh, my my guest websites and, and and what they've done and and what they think your website you've got some fantastic quotes on that yeah. I, I will end with one when we finish the podcast today but I, I love when passions just shine through people for not only for the love that you have for your work, but your to be creative. It's it, it's great to see that. And this is why I, I just knew you were going to be a fantastic guest today and just the perfect yeah. person to write this book. So before I forget to thank you for this book, thank you for this book. 
Well, because... I appreciate you. Thank you. It's again. I say it's going to be on my my shelves of steel with all my other encyclopedias. When you get into those heated debates sometimes with friends, you say, "Well, let me just go. Let me go to my <laughs> comics. Let me go to my books. Let me find out if you are wrong about that detail." I will be running to this book and saying, "Look, this is why you're wrong, and this book is right because Stephanie said so." <laughs> well, the other thing too, like the way that I've always treated um, these character pieces that I would do on characters was. I kind of treated them like real people. Like if I was profiling a real person, um, that's kind of the energy that I brought to that. Um, and the same thing goes for this book um, because there are a lot of characters who have very delicate histories. Um, so how do you talk about that in a way that is still uh, kind of showing respect to the time that they were created in? That's one of the things that I really love about comics is that they are just a very beautiful snapshot to me of the time period of whenever the issue or the character was created some of them problematic absolutely but even with that being said um i don't think that is something that should be shied away from because if we forget that that is that ever existed or the reason why i did then we there's a good chance that there'll be a repeating of that so i think it's very important to explore that um you know there are a couple characters where they were introduced through a very tricky time, um, mm. the HIV and AIDS epidemic. And one of the characters, Jet, I really wanted her in this book because I felt like at the time, um, through all of the stories that she was involved in, I felt like to retrospectively look at it, sure, you can say, you got this wrong, you got that wrong. But you got to remember that when these comics were being written, it was in, in the thick of it, right? You, yeah. it's very, it's really easy to have hubris, like on the, on the other side of something, um, or just a better idea of how things should be handled after the fact. Um, so with that being said, like, no, I, I thought that it was handled as best as it could be. Um, and because of that, I didn't have a negative take on that character or if anything, I just had an appreciation again for, her existence, um, the topics that were very delicate to address, especially for a big publisher like a DC Comics um, to even bother to address. I also found that, funny enough, a lot of comics that were older were a little, were extremely progressive. I know sometimes like, you know, I'll bring up to folks like, no, I do enjoy reading older comics. I'm like, why? Because like, you're a black woman. Why on earth would you, <laughs> would you want to put yourself through that torment? Like, well, no, because it's not all bad. It's not. In fact, some of them are extremely progressive, um, sometimes even more so than today, um, as far as like just the freedom of expression and everything else. So there are characters like Jed um, who have tricky histories, but I don't come at, at, at that angle. I want the reader to just see the beauty in what was created at the time and, you know, how we can, it wasn't so bad and we can do better today. Um, we can build on that. Um, that's the way I feel about most things. I mean, hey, that was my attitude when it came to writing Nubia was, yeah, when she was introduced was a little shaky, sure. But there are things that, foundational pieces that can be taken from that to bring this character to 20 the you know 2022 2023 and not just you know poo poo what was done before because it takes a lot to create a character it takes a lot to create period um to be brave enough to put something out there even as silly as it might seem but someone has to do it 
Um, and the fact that, you know, these creators uh, came together to create these characters, either to like, you know, lead a book or be someone Batman's new villain of the week or um, to kind of be this throwaway thing. Um, there's an appreciation that I have for these characters um, and their creators and just the fact that they're here because they don't have to be, but they are. A visual encyclopedia is the perfect way to put this. And, you know, there are more characters out there that, as you said, didn't make it into the book. I'm hoping for for more from you, especially because I, so. I, I know there's 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 probably a few characters in that wonderful head of yours that are still living in there rent free yes. and need to come out onto paper. They need to come out. <laughs> Absolutely, um, it's so funny. So after you turn something in, it's always that thing of oh crap, I forgot about this, this, and this. So there are there are a good amount of characters that after the fact, I was like oh damn it I forgot all about them uh, because again you know it's just so funny <laughs> when someone finally tells you to put together a list and you you do your best to do it um then you do the thing and then it's just like oh I completely forgot about so-and-so who I was obsessed with when I was 11 how did I forget about them but if anything um if this book is highly successful then there's always room for a sequel another chance to include everyone and then when that's out remember oh wait i also forgot about so and so so that will always <laughs> just be a thing um but if anything my hope though is that when people read this then they go out and they go on their own adventures and try to discover um some of these characters that maybe uh you know they, they kind of ignored and they're like wait well my uncle was in the book with this person. They're pretty cool. Let me research them because that is the fun thing about comics. I know there are so many, it can be daunting, but for me, like it's, I don't know, like it's a happy adventure waiting to happen. You read one book and then all of a sudden you want to read the one that comes after or the one before you fall in love with the character. And next thing you know, you want to read everything that this character has ever been into. And then you run into another character on that journey. And then you kind of like this beautiful branch or this tree begins to get made of all these characters um, that you've discovered because of one. Um, and that is just one of the beautiful things of comics. You can start wherever you want to start, especially with Batman. There's like mm -hmm. 80 billion uh, versions, <laughs> like 80 billion runs of uh, Batman, Superman, um, even Wonder Woman. In fact, in that um, hard drive I received um, when I was going through and it was like Batman, Superman, The Flash, uh, all the Green Lanterns, Wonder Woman, like those folders were the thickest. Aquaman as well. Comics are special to me and they and they clearly are to you. And yeah. I, I love hearing, as I said, passionate people talk about what makes them tick. And I'm ready for more stories from you in the future, which is segues yeah. into the next thing that we can talk about. Maybe not too much, but this came out, well, the news this week about the Batman and Superman annual, which made me very excited. Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Um, so that was Stephanie talking her editor's ear off um, about all the things that she loves. Um, <laughs> Brittany Holzer is, uh, uh, was my editor on uh, the Nubia comics and a few other things that I've done. And I was like, yeah, I love Bumblebee. Like, you know that I love Bumblebee, right? And she's like, yes, Stephanie, I know that you love Bumblebee. 
So um, we kind of had a conversation and it was just a, you know, regular conversation. Wasn't necessarily pitching anything, just talking about Bumblebee and how much I enjoy her and everything. So I was at Galaxy Con over the summer in Raleigh and minding my own business at my table. And I hear someone say, hey, Stephanie, um, it's Mark Wade. And I look up (laughs) and my brain kind of fizzled a little bit. Um, because I think this is like Sunday. So it's a four day con. So by then your brain is just sizzled and it took a moment to register. I was like, Mark, oh my God, kingdom come Mark, Mark, wait, I know who you are. I absolutely know who you are. I'm actually reading what you're doing right now with the Teen Titans world finance. So, um, he came and he introduced himself, which is really cool. And I was just telling him how much I just, how much impact his work had on me, um, just as a reader, but definitely now that I am a creator myself and just giving him his flowers because Mark Way has read some stories that have had, got me through some dark times. So whenever I see, uh, you know, a creator that has had that type of impact on my life, i always make it a point to say that to him in fact I was going to go to Mark Way's table he just beat me to it and came to mind <laughs> so um that was really cool and uh, we were just kind of talking and everything so I get an email from my editor um and Brittany was like yeah like I'm so happy you got a chance to meet Mark Way like he we, we adores you and everything so she was like hey so like this annual you want to write a story in that and I was like yeah I absolutely do so that's how the bumblebee kind of thing kind of came to be um perfect time and and again just stephanie talking someone's ear off about stuff that she enjoys and it just kind of coming back full circle so i can't get into the nitty-gritty of what the story is about but it does focus on bumblebee and i think you all are gonna enjoy it um again like karen is just one of those characters who I covered it, Misty Nights on Uninformed Afro. I've written about separately. Um, I've just always been intrigued with her because she's also a woman of science. I always seem to gravitate towards those characters. So, um, you know, there is, there's a kinship there. Um, so I'm very happy to like be a part of this. And again, like what Mark has done with the Teen Titans and kind of the reimagining of them a little bit in the world's finest has just been nothing short of stellar uh so i am very honored to you know be part of this in a way and um you know add a little something extra for bumblebee and see what happens from there i'm, I'm excited to see what your mind produces because it's thank been you exciting so far and as you said when you you pick up a book and you, and you find out about new characters and new creators you want to find out not only more about the, the the characters, but the creators. You want to find out their origin story, as I said, and you want to know how their way of storytelling has changed over the years, where it, whether it be the art styles or the storytelling. So um, that's the that's the great thing say about this history of comics is that there's so much out there that hasn't been read yet, and the stuff yes. in the future that is yet to be written. It's it's a wonderful world to get lost in. It really is. Um, and that's just something very beautiful that um, I ran into an editor at NYCC, Glenn uh, Greenberg. He was an editor at Marvel and he came to my table to introduce himself. We were talking and he was like, well, yeah, like I wrote Rampaging Hulk. And I was like, I know that you did. And that took him by surprise. He was like, I didn't think anybody wrote that. And I was like, but Glenn, someone did. And that someone was me. 
Um, and I read it because I was researching, um, you know, this silly article that I was uh, writing about the best butts in Marvel. <laughs> That's that was the that was the piece. Okay, um, and I just want who was number one? Who was number one? I don't even remember. Uh, who was See? number one? It might have been Night. Um, it might have been um, Nightcrawler, okay. but I could be wrong. I have okay. to check. Or it might have been Venom. One of the two. It was someone or Spider Man. One. It, one of the three. Yes. It's the, it's the journey, isn't it? It's the journey we it's go through to get to the destination. So it's fine. <laughs> So, um, but anyway, I ended up reading Rampaging Hulk because I was looking for, you know, shots of butt, uh, of Hulk's butt and like comics or whatever. And that's how I came across Rampaging Hulk and Hulk. And he was, um, he was appreciative. He thought it was funny and just really enjoyed it. But I was like, yeah, like, no, I read that, um, uh, or at least your run of it. And I, I mean, I'm not, you know, BSing you, but I did enjoy it. And he really he he loved to hear that because there are just so many stories that have been written and folks maybe have no idea if someone has uh, read it but that's the beautiful thing like there is a story there is a comic run there's a whatever for someone out there um and just specifically for them and for me at that time it was rampaging hulk so that was that was really nice to kind of share that random moment uh with this editor um but yeah, I'm hoping that the work that I've done so far, um, you know, finds who it needs to find and it inspires them to either read more comics or to create comics on their own because it's just such a beautiful medium. If I can talk as many people as I can into either reading or creating themselves, I will. Just ask my son. <laughs> yeah, yes, we can we can get to that because he was um recently at a con with you. He was showing off his uh, his artwork as well. You were you were sharing a booth as such, weren't you? Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so um, he's always been drawing, um, telling stories himself. I think it didn't really dawn on him what I did for a living because he was so used to mommy like working in a lab and everything. And then all of a sudden, it was home all the time. He was like, "Wait, what are you doing here?" <laughs> so. Um, you know, I would be writing and everything. And then he was like, oh, like you write these stories that I'm like, because DC will send you a big box of comps. And I was opening one. And he was like, oh, wait, you wrote that? And I'm like, yes, I, I did. Um, and someone else drew it. But yes, mommy, mommy wrote it. And then it, it he put two and two together. So the drawing, the storytelling just went into overdrive. And um, it's been beautiful to watch because not only has it helped make him a stronger reader um, as he has been, you know, getting better at that, but I've noticed that he has a knack for storytelling and it's actually quite beautiful, really, um, how innate it has been for him. Because again, like we didn't really talk about that um, in that way at least not at the time. Now we do, but um, it was just something that was just in him. So he comes to the cons with me and he'll uh, sit next to me at the table to keep me company, but also to work on his own art, to sell his art. Um, he started making comics. He did a comic called, uh, it featured Kirby, uh, the game character. Yeah. And it was called uh, Kirby's Little Friends, which was just like really cute. Um, and it's just this journey of Kirby, you know, traveling through the the land and just collecting his friends and or just, you know, visiting people and saying, you know, hello and then going on. So, yeah. Now, his gripe is that there are no Mario comics. 
he he doesn't understand why there aren't um there's mario manga but he just doesn't understand why there isn't any mario comics so he said that when he gets older that he will make sure that there are mario comics available for folks to read same thing with kirby sonic he was very happy to find out that there are sonic comics i was like yes there absolutely are um and maybe one day you could write them oh see i'm gonna follow in your footsteps and i'm, I'm ready to see that you can, yeah. if not you can you can join forces and create your own writing team there's so much potential there for more so as you said earlier on you, you can start um you can start paying that rent as you said yeah <laughs> <laughs> or at least you know if it's not rent just something on the groceries because little boys eat a lot um i should know this because i have five brothers but i i don't know if i forgot or whatever but i mean just eating eating, eating. i don't know where it goes I told him he has a little black hole in his stomach and that's his running joke now. When I say you're, you want something else? He's like, yes, because I have a black hole in my stomach. And I was like, oh, well, that's my words coming back to haunt me. Yeah, there's going to be another character there in the future as well, possibly for the next book. <laughs> you yeah. you had the book as well recently um, at New York Comic Con. Yeah. How was, what was the reactions like for that from the public? So that was really cool because I actually forgot the book. Um, it was sitting uh, at home on my desk. Um, my husband texted me and was like, hey, I think you forgot something. And it was the book. And I was like, crap. So I think it was Saturday. Um, I went upstairs. Um, the show floor had opened. I got there very early. So I was like, let me try to walk around before everyone gets here, before I got to go to my table. So I walk over to Hatchick Book Group. Um, well, actually, no. I see the banner for the book up and I was like, oh, wait, I didn't know this was going to like, they had any of this up. So I walk over and um, the woman behind the counter is like, oh, do you want to like scan your badge? Cause we're, we have, um, you know, gifts and stuff that we're giving away. And I was like, well, yes, but also that's my book back there. And she was like, oh wait, you're Stephanie Williams. Like, yes. So it was a really fun, cool moment. Um, I told her that I forgot my copy. She was like, oh, don't worry. I got you. And she like takes the book out and she's like, you can keep this. You don't have to bring it back. I have extra. And she's like, man, I really wish we had this for sale now because people have been asking about it or if they can purchase it. And it was the same thing when I went down to my table and I had it up like just as a display and folks were like, well, can I, can I buy that now? Like, do you have more? I'm like, no, I'm so sorry. You can, um, I will direct you to the pre-order link available <laughs> through like my website or the link tree, but no, unfortunately you can't. So folks were able to like thumb through it. And I saw a lot of eyebrows shoot up because they were like, oh, wait, this character is in there. I wasn't expecting that. So that was just, it was just really cool. And I'm just happy to know that people are really excited. Cause like you say, like encyclopedias are cool. Mm. And I feel like, you know, people don't really appreciate them like that anymore. Like they used to, because you could just, you know, go to a Wikipedia or go to a fandom.com or whatever. And those things have their place, but there's just something very magical about holding something like that in your hand and, just reading about these characters and just kind of getting these beautiful snapshots of you know who they are and what their history is That's with it. a little comedy with a, with a little comedy but with, <laughs> yeah. with some with some hard-hitting facts as well where do you see yourself in in, in five years time stephanie what's, what's going to be next for you well, where I hope I am is in a writer's room for a DC animated project. So I will always write comics. That will be something that I will always do. But I just really love animated shows. Um, 
again, like for me personally, uh, DC animated shows were what really, I don't know, informed me about the world. Um, and they've just always been so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Oh. Dwayne McDuffie is like one of my favorite, favorite, favorite writers. Um, and that's because a lot of his stories were just written with so much heart. Uh, no matter what was going on, you just felt the way that he wrote those characters, like you you felt the humanity in them. And it was just done in such a beautiful way. Um, so for me, five years from now, I would hope that I am in, um, you know, a writer's room, but to be very hyper-specific for, um, I don't know, like a writer's room DC related for a Wonder Woman thing, maybe even Nubia, who knows, but who knows? I, I, I would, I would, I would love that. Um, yeah, like even if I didn't have an eight-year-old, I would still be watching animated shows because, um, similar to comics i am just obsessed with the limitless possibilities that you can have with animation yes um and just the worlds that you create and explore um and then just talking really more so to kids programming just the intent and just how clear and concise those stories can be but also not in a way that is talking down to kids. They're very much a part of the conversation. Um, and I just love that. I, I really do. Um, there's some stuff that I'll sit down and I'll watch with my son. I'm like, yeah, it's like really, really good. It's like when you go to bed, I'm probably still going to be watching this. If the world of animation is is lucky enough to have you in the next five years, I am so excited for that. Um, before I wrap up, I, I will quote you on your website that this quote which is perfectly one of many quotes but i love this one my journey the last five years has been unquantifiable i know how i got here and it's only the beginning i love that thank you i appreciate it i will say that um you know two years after that same thing um because luke i I don't, I'm just very, very grateful. Um, so much has happened since uh, the pandemic. And just for me, career-wise, it's been night and day. Um, I thought that I was going to be, you know, working in this lab until retirement and, you know, just getting by, kind of content. But um, now uh, my life has changed completely. Um, and I will have to say that DC Comics is definitely a part of that. Um, a big big, big break came through Nubia um, and just everything that this has just opened up. And to be able to do a book like Strange and Unsung, Unsung All-Stars is, it's just, it's just really beautiful. Um, you know, I just never thought I would be able to like, you know, instead of just articles, do a whole book um, that just, I hope the passion shown shines through to people about how I feel about comics, these characters and all of that. So yeah, it's still unquantifiable, but I do know how I got here and it is still weirdly just the beginning. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens. I'm excited to talk to you about more stuff because who knows, who knows what email I might get this week. And I'm just like, oh, oh. Oh crap. All right. Well, that is happening. <laughs> Maybe it's news. Um, like, Hey, come join the writer's room for X, Y, Z. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. Right. Before um, we leave you with all your socials and where people can find you, um, I'm going to ask you a question that I love asking people because I get a different response each and every time, but 
What does Superman mean to you, Stephanie? Superman means hope to me. Um, he has always signaled that. Um, most times we're like, it should be Diana, but no, it's Superman um, to come to this planet and, uh, you know, grow up uh, through the care of the kids and still decide to, once he gets his power, still decide to do what he feels is right when he absolutely does not have to. He isn't even of this world. Um, to me, that is very powerful. And that is something that, um, you know, he will always be a character that is one of my favorites because of that, because of all that he represents. But it's hope. Dare to hope. And that is Superman all the way down. Every answer I get is always so beautifully put, but everyone means so much to me. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for this book that comes out on the 7th of November. And I'm going to be ready for that Batman Superman annual next year as well. Stephanie, where can people find you and adore you online? Let's see. So on all of the apps, uh, TikTok, <laughs> Instagram, uh, Twitter, the the app formerly known as Twitter. Uh, you can find me at at Steph underscore I underscore Will. That is S T E P H underscore I underscore W I L L. As you can tell, I was just creating social handles, having no idea that they would be actually you know important to business. But here we are. You never know. I I will link them all here when this podcast goes live. I cannot wait. Stephanie, one more time, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about what makes you so passionate. And I, I'm really grateful for this book and for your time today. And I know we'll be speaking again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you, Luke. It's my pleasure. And that was episode 17 with the fantastic Stephanie Williams. Again, another guest that is just so passionate and creative and wonderful. I really enjoyed learning more about this book that I have fallen in love with. And as we said, there are so many more characters in the world of DC Comics that there is a possibility that there could be more in the future. And if that is the case, I would be honoured to have those books on my shelves of steel. And as I mentioned before, a worldwide giveaway will be going live very soon on my social media channels, and you could be winning a copy of Strange and Unsung All-Stars of the DC Multiverse. So just search for The Geek of Steel, follow me, and you will be finding out how you could win a copy of this amazing book, which is released on the 7th of November. In this podcast down below, there will be links to all of Stephanie's social media websites and their website because you don't want to miss out on anything that Stephanie is doing. I'm really excited to see what Stephanie does next. The next five years are going to be very exciting. So, yeah, that was episode 17. It's good to be back in front of the microphone. I've been away for a while, but I've got a few more people that I want to speak to over the upcoming months and I've got some stories to share with all of you wonderful listeners as well. Thank you so much for listening. It means a lot that you are enjoying this as much as I am enjoying recording these episodes. And if you did enjoy this episode, please leave a review. It really helps me out. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when a brand new episode of the Podcast of Steel goes live. Thank you so much for listening. 
I have been your host, Luke Bug, the Geek of Steel. Stay safe, stay super, and I will be back very soon with a brand new episode of the Podcast of Steel. <laughs> <laughs>